Open your Bible this morning to Matthew chapter 16. I want to encourage you today from the Bible. How many of the Bible encourages us? If you, if you want some good news, then go to the Word of God. The fact that today that God loves you. You know, we say this, you know, in ministering to people, but believers need to know this. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Not just the sinner. But that you're part today of something great. Even as I said earlier, Nehemiah, he built this wall. But, you know, there was many obstacles. And even as my wife said, one of the big, biggest obstacles is quitting. You know that I've had many opportunities to quit. And I'm sure you have too. You just don't take them. You know, it's encouraging to hear people in the faith, fathers in the faith, people like Brother Hagen that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I looked up to and, and still do, even though he's gone home to be with the Lord. But, you know, he talked about the times where he said things would come at him. And, um, for instance, like when he was pastoring, he said if he didn't know that God had called him there, he said he would pack up all his stuff at 4 in the morning and leave. He said if he knew that God didn't call him there. So he was tempted to do, you know, to quit. He just didn't take it. But he, he, he gave the analysis of like um, just the times where he just felt like lying there, just like a, like a boxer. You know, he said just like the, the boxer come in and, you know, and then you just throw the towel in the ring. He said, but something on the inside wouldn't let me. Something on the inside wouldn't let me. Amen. Who's that? Who is that? That's the greater one. I mean, I was just shouting about, thinking about that last night. Something on the inside wouldn't let me. Something on the inside wouldn't let me. See, if you don't have something on the inside that's greater, then you will succumb. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's our comforter, our counselor, our intercessor, our helper, our strengthener, and our standby. What does that mean? Now, this is just a little side story, but this is not my main message. But <clears throat> he, he gave the illustration when he was driving through um, the mountains. He had this travel trailer in, in the ministry. And he said that he had the, an old two-barrel car, carburetor. Now, he said, when you're going across the plains, you wouldn't notice a thing. He said, you hit the Rockies. He said, you get up there. and you, he, said, he said, you're going five miles an hour. He said, you just had to stop and pull off the road for a second. He said, but he went and traded that thing off and got a four-barrel carburetor. He said, when, when you're going across, you didn't notice it. He said, but when you hit the Rockies and you hit the foot feed, he called. He said, that thing just took off and went up. Why? Because he's got two extra barrels standing by. The same thing with the Holy Ghost. He's standing by just to help you today. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like he's just like a... He feels like a hitchhiker, and he's just, Jesse DePlantis had a message called Hitchhiker Christianity. And, and you know, I, I think that's the way the Holy Ghost feels sometimes. Because, you know, we just got, you know, he's, he comes along on the new birth, and then we get baptized in the Holy Ghost as well, and, and there's an extra dimension of the Holy Ghost. But then we just, like, we pay no attention to him until we get into a, a trouble. But he's always there to help us. Can you say Amen. 
Hallelujah. Well, that was all free. That wasn't part of the message. But Matthew 16, 13 says this. Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said, Whom do you say that I am? What is he saying? He says, What do you believe? You know, it's not a matter of what someone else believes. What do you believe in? What do you confess today? <laughs> you know, someone says, hey, uh, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Well, yeah, my church does. No, what do you believe? Do you believe in healing? Well, my church does. They, they preach that. <laughs> so he's saying, who do you say I am? And I like what Peter, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, there's things in the world that take Jesus out of the equation. But you know, Jesus, when it comes to salvation, Jesus is the central focus. Yes. What's important is what people do with Jesus. Now, you know, we know there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But whether someone is eternally saved or not depends on what they do with Jesus. Even someone who's walked with the Lord. And the Bible talks about even those who will deny the Lord and walk away from Him. You know what it is? It's what they do with Jesus. But the Bible says that we hold close to the head. Amen. If you want to be safe in life, just hold close to the head. Who is the head? Jesus is the head of the church today. Thank God I'm not the head. Jesus is the head. He's the one that we have to answer to. <clears throat> he is preeminent above all. Hallelujah. Say this with me. He is my Lord and my Savior. Nothing else is above Him. And you know, as a believer, we can't compromise with those things. There are certain things that, that are things you can never toy with. The virgin birth. Um, the blood of Jesus Christ. All of those things are non-negotiables. Amen. Jesus is the beginning, the Alpha and the Omega, as we sang this morning. Hallelujah. Look at verse 18. He says, I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, what's the rock he's talking about? It's not Peter. Now, the, the name Peter is the word rock, like a rock that you can move, a, a pebble, something you can throw. But he said, this is a different word, but upon this rock. This is like a big boulder. How many know you sometimes you go out in the badlands and you see these big boulders and you think, oh, I wonder if I tried to push on that thing. Well, don't do it. <laughs> Just in case you could move it. <clears throat> but that's what he's saying here. Upon this rock, upon this big boulder, I'm going to build my church. And what he's saying is this, upon this revelation. He's not talking about Peter being the first pope. He's talking about upon this revelation, upon this understanding, Peter, that, that you said that I'm the Christ, I'm going to build my church. So the church is built upon Christ, the anointed one. Thank you, Lord. And so in the mind of Jesus, what is the most important thing to him today? Building his church. Bringing in the unsaved. But see, that's why the, that believers must be built up. And you know, we talk a lot about this. 
But God wants us strong in life, not defeated. A living witness. Hallelujah. Do you know that you are a living witness? And whether, whether you like to think about it like this or not, your face is a giant billboard. <laughs> Yours and mine and everyone. And so, um, I'm not saying you have to have a joker smile on your face all the time and you just, you know, from grin to ear to ear. But there's a joy in your heart. Joy in my heart. Joy in my soul. Yeah. God took those worldly desires, gave me heavenly fires, and now I got a brand new song. And since I got this man called Jesus Christ, I've got the joy, joy, joy in my soul. Amen. That's what happens is there's a joy that comes on the inside. And, and the Bible says that you and I are living epistles. Me, you, Cruz, Liam, Logan. Amen. They need a little help back there so. <laughs> so the more and more, though, that you and I as believers are built up, it's going to affect not only our lives, but other people as well. Why? You know, the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. See, if I see the goodness of God, when I hear a good testimony of what, what God's doing in Shingi's life, you know what? That doesn't make me jealous like, bless God, this, you know. It's like, wow, praise God. If he does that for him, he'll do that for, for this one. He'll do it for that one. He'll do that for me. Amen. See, that's why a, a testimony is always going to... See, that's what a good testimony should be like. It shouldn't bring you down like, oh, my word. You know, If that bad thing happened to them, it might happen to me. No, it should be, no, that good thing happened to them, so that good thing's going to happen to me as well. <laughs> praise God. So on a daily basis, you and I should be interested and involved in building of the church. Getting new people in, getting people built up. Lord, what can I do to help build the kingdom of God? And I know that many of you, you are involved, you're here in building the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and so this morning, I want to just share about the edification and the building up of the church. Everyone say edify. You and I are supposed to be edified, built up, amen, and, and doing so on a daily basis. Now look in the book of Acts chapter 9, in verse 31. I'll give you several verses, and even if you don't turn to everyone, maybe just jot them down. But Acts chapter 9, Father, thank you so much for your word, and thank you for your people Thank you, Lord, that every heart is attentive, every mind likewise, in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 9.31 says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, were multiplied. So there's a connection here that when you're edified and built up, there also is going to be some multiplication going on. See, that's what God's will is for us today. And you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this or not, but some people actually believe that, that God is, it's almost like they say it without saying it, that God is against big churches. Well, you know, God's not against that. And, and you know, even like I was listening to a, um, a famous Christian singer that said, well, you know, we're not, and I don't know, 
What were we talking about? What's that called? Deconstruction. You know, there's this big deconstruction where people no longer consider themselves Christian or they never they don't consider themselves part of any church. I don't believe that I have to be part of a church. That's deception. You need to be part of a church. Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but you can share it with other people. But you know, it's we have to be part of a church because what does the Bible say? God's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You know that perfecting doesn't just happen on your sofa. Amen. You, you know, you don't need the anointing just to watch more TV. You know, that anointing is for a job and a purpose. But thank God that what God chooses, and I found this to be so true, that there's many things that God will not give you personally, but he'll give it through another person. Through an apostle, through a prophet, through an evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Why? Why does he do that? I don't know. He's God, and I'm not. But that's the way he set it up. <laughs> and that's why he said that there should be no schism or division in his body. But we should all have the same care one for another. Why? That means we have to depend upon one another. We have to have one another in the body. Amen. I can't be a lone ranger and get the job done. Thank you, Lord. So, look what he says here. He says the church is going to be built up and the church is going to be multiplied. And then it says edified. So, so that's what, when the church is built up, that means it's edified, right? And multiplied. So this is the will of God for every church. Now, we know every church may not be a mega church, but it could be something that impacts a region. That's what God wants. He doesn't want just something that's just a nominal setting. He wants something that's going to impact the, the, the whole, not only the city, but the whole state and the whole region. That's what the, the Lord wants from the river church. He wants from our lives and your life. Hallelujah. It's not his will for a church to diminish. And so we're to edify and multiply. Say that. Edify and multiply. Hallelujah. So what if, what if you as a believer, you got so edified, so built up, so strong, and you brought 15 people to church? I mean, that's what, um, that's the testimony of, of a pastor we know, Pastor Eric Gagne. When he and his wife got saved, they start bringing like 40 people to church. How I many you know the pastor starts asking questions then? <laughs> What's going on, brother? You know what I mean? What are you doing? And so they, they just got touched so radically and they just, in fact, when they answered the call to ministry, they, they were so happy. They, they just were so happy to be in the ministry. They lived in uh, West Palm Beach, this couple, and um, they lived in a neighborhood where you look down the street and people have airplanes being taxied into their house. They have garages and, and hangars at their house. That, you know, that's the kind of cars... I mean, the kind of uh, planes and, and you know, the, the cars and everything else. But when they got time for school, they just had an open house. Anything you want. So people are like taking furniture out. It looks like some big grand, you know, theft or something, you know. And people are taking um, paintings off the wall. They're taking everything. Just take it. It was all free. 
How I many know that's a, that's a way to uh, walk by faith for sure? <laughs> but God wants us to be so built up that we can, we can go and influence people like that. Hallelujah. You know, think about it like this. Like Bishop Oedepo in um, Nigeria. What does he say? You have to have at least one person that you bring in the church every year. Isn't it like that? I mean, one person's not. But think about one person in here. That we would fill every seat. And then one year later, 200. And then 400. And then 800. Just by one person. I believe the Lord can do even bigger than that. Hallelujah. And so that's why we're supposed to be strong. The Bible says we're the glorious church. The glorious church. What does the Bible say? Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that the, you know, that's what the Lord's coming back for. A church that's on fire. A church is saved, free, full of the power. Amen. The prosperous church. If God had his perfect way with us, what would it look like? I'm asking a question. What would it look like? What it looked like it's always been. What, I mean, and I'm just talking about even in the natural. The devil would like for us just to close the doors, but, you know, I'm not going to give him any pleasure for anything. <laughs> I, I'm, I tell you what, he's, he's going he's gonna to pay for his stuff. Amen. We're going to make him pay. So God doesn't want us just to maintain or go backwards. Hallelujah. But be built up and become stronger than ever. And what does that mean? That means I'm going to multiply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Your excitement is overwhelming this morning. 1 Corinthians 14. God wants us to be built up. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 3. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to what? Edification and exhortation and comfort. So that word there, edification, is being built up. Amen. I used to go to church and be torn down. Who's ever been torn down you go to church? Amen. You're supposed to be built up. That doesn't mean that you don't receive correction in life, but thank God even correction is a good thing. Hallelujah. So building up, encouraging, and comforting. See, that's what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is about today. That's why when we come in, we say that you'll never leave the same way that you came in. Why? You're supposed to leave better than what you came in. Amen. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put some faith out there. You gotta reach your heart out and say, Lord. And let me say this. 
it's not just dependent. A lot of times people come to church. I'm, I'm just talking about church universal. And they want to see what the preacher's got. And they want to see, well, what's he got today? What's, and there's no faith at all coming from the pew. But a lot of what utterance is going to come forth is dependent upon what the people are doing. People have to grab. People have to be hungry. You know, people can look at you like a, a bullfrog in a hailstorm. And, you know, you're, you're not going to receive anything. I mean, you, you can bat your eyes and, and, and I'm, I'm just talking about people in church can, can do that. But they're not going to receive anything. Amen. But when you come hungry, when you come expecting, you say, oh, God, I need a miracle in my life. Lord, I need you to touch me today. Whether anyone else is touched, Lord, I, I don't care. I'm going to receive. I'm going to take it. If my neighbor doesn't want it, then I'm going to take it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, that's why you're not supposed to come into church and, and leave feeling guilty about how sinful you are. You get come in, you come in, you realize that you're the righteousness of God. You realize that I can do all things through Christ. You realize that, that, that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm supposed to come in and get edified, comforted, and built up. And then every person that comes across me, my path, they should leave in a different way. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> you know, it's like the one lady, she... This, um, this guy was, was in a uh, place getting his hair cut. And um, this lady... Um, Say, let me ask you a question. And, and began to um, tell this story and said, is this right? And, and what happened was this. This person had um, come across this other um, preacher's path and said, how you doing? Asking the, and the preacher. And, and he said, well, or, or asked the woman. She said, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Bad question. <laughs> well, you know. All right, I guess, you know, people are going to hell. She said, oh, yeah, you're right. And, um, and you know, you know, people are, are um, going to church and they're excited. And, you know, basically just started tearing down everything that she was because, you know, there's people going to hell. Well, how many know there are people going to hell? But, you know, the Bible, the Bible says this, there's more excitement in heaven over the one that repents than over 99 that need no repentance. You know, just think about today. If there were 100 people in here, 50 people that needed Jesus, and one came up. You know, the Bible doesn't say that the, the angels in heaven weep over the 49. It says they rejoice over the one. What does that tell me? That tells me I'm not the Savior. Amen. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to endeavor to be who God's called me to be, but I'm not the Savior. I remember hearing a story of a, a minister. He said that he was working in a um, ministry setting in a healing school. And he said that um, he got to the place where he was just so... Um, 
serious is, is probably the best word to say. He was just so serious about the things of God and he started fasting and, and he told his workers, uh, we're going to miss lunch today. We're going to pray. <laughs> and so he said he fasted so much and none of his clothes fit. And he just got to the place where he was so serious and they had lost someone that week. Someone had died. And um, as he's going in there, the Lord spoke to him and said, you are not the healer. He said, now, if you'd asked me the day before if I was the healer, I would have said, of course not. But he began acting like it. And so the Lord said, whether people live or die is not dependent upon you. Do you know that's true in your own family too? Your family being saved is not all dependent upon you. What does the Bible say? Lord, you ask the Lord for laborers to be sent into the harvest. So you, you pray and say, Lord, send laborers across so-and-so's path. Now, what if they reject? Lord, send more laborers across their path. Oh, send someone that, that they'll respond to. Send someone who's equipped, Lord. If they, what happens if they reject again? Lord, send more laborers across their path. And that's, that's the Bible answer. And so he said that, that the Lord just corrected in there and he said, he said, you just go do what I told you to do. You go preach. You lay hands on people. And you believe me for the results. And then you just go get on your motorcycle and blow leaves on the road. And that's what he did. Why? I'm not the Savior. I'm not the healer. I'm, I'm just responsible. You're just responsible to do what the Lord tells you to do. Can you say amen? And not carry the care. You just cast your cares on the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Look in verse 4. The Bible says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. So, so what happens, the Bible says, when we pray in tongues, it says we edify ourselves. God wants us to be edified. Verse 5 says this, I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Verse 12. Even so, for as much as, as, much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. So we're to see and excel to the edifying in the building up of the church. That, that's why we have the main event. That's why we have Wednesday night services. And that's why we're going to have other things coming as well. Amen. Why? To edify you. To build you up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I want you to get it in your spirit today that you are going to be a builder up of the brethren. Hallelujah. I love the, um, in the Old Testament, there's a the guy by the name of Shenaniah. The Bible says that he was a singer. And what did Shenaniah, what does his name mean? It means one who reminds us of the victory. One who reminds us of the victory. 
See, that's what your life is supposed to be on a daily basis. You're going to remind your coworkers of the victory. Just by them seeing your face, they're going to realize there is a God. They're going to realize that, hey, I don't care how mad I have it, uh, they had it better, worse than me. So, so, you know, there's some victory here. Yeah. One who reminds us of the victory. Barnabas, son of consolation. That's what our very presence should be like. Consolation. Thank you. Hope it fell to the right place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look in verse 26. He says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm? How many? He says, every one of you. Now notice that these are all different. You have a psalm, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done to edifying. And so each one of us has our own part. My part is different than your part. And so, but in all in all, what's going to happen is every person in the body will be edified. Is going to be built up. You're going to be strengthened. You know, the Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 14 from the Amplified. It says, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain and trouble. Who's ever, you've had physical problems. The Bible says what's going to get you through those times is a strong spirit. Not just knowledge, not just hoping so, but a strong spirit. And of course we know by, by feeding on the word of God, by, by listening uh, to good preaching and, and teaching, you reading the Bible, that's what's going to build you up. And it's going to cause your inner man to get strong. And so even in, when, when you have physical pain, even when you have bodily pain and trouble, marriage tr problems, financial problems, what's going to get you through that? A strong spirit. So that's why we, we have to, as the church, be edified, be strengthened. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, he said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So what's he saying? He says, all things you can do, but you shouldn't do. You know, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. You know, a lot of times that's what people, people say, well, I just, I see a need, so that's a call. But that's not necessarily so. Seeing a need is not a call. Having a call is a call. Amen. If you want to do something for the Lord, you want to make sure that you have a calling. And I'm talking about especially if you're, if you're in the ministry. You, you definitely want to be called to the ministry. You don't want to just decide, I think that might be something good to do. You'll be in more trouble than you ever can shake a stick at. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> You know, the Bible says this, let no corrupt communication, what? Proceed out of your mouth. But what? In fact, turn over there, Ephesians 4. 
Say, thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 4. What's that about? Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So, just in our daily life, as, as we, maybe it sounded humorous to you, but we talked about hooking our speaker up to our believer. One of the things that if we want to be edified ourselves, but also edify one another, we have to make our words agree. We have to have our words not be corrupt. That doesn't mean necessarily someone's cussing or anything like that, but anything that is contrary to the Bible, anything that's running other people down. But notice he says, don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is what? Good to the use of edifying. What does the Bible say? It says, love works no ill to his neighbor. So you should always think, what I'm about to say, is it going to bless them or is it going to hurt them? You know, actually, like John and I were talking about this yesterday, I believe it was, or the day before, whatever it was. <laughs> they kind of run together. But, you know, we were just talking about how when you really understand what the Bible says about judging, it makes you not have an opinion so much. <laughs> Why? Because the same standard that you judge someone, that's the standard the Lord's going to use for you. Well, they should have never done that. You know, I don't, th you know, if that was me, I would have never done that. Okay. So the, what God's going to judge you on is the words that you're judging them on. Those are the same words that are going to come and judge you. So it makes me just stand back and say, you know, I don't have to have an opinion about everything. And I don't have to judge. I don't have to have an opinion of what someone else is doing. So he says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is the good to the use of edifying. It says in the margin to edify prop, um, profit profitably, something that's going to profit you and profit them, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know, the Bible talks about a word spoken in season and how important that is. And he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. See, that's one way we can grieve the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but one of the worst things and feelings is when you know that you've said, said something and you've hurt someone. And also when you've been, you know that you've been used of the devil. That's one of the worst feelings in the world. Who's ever had that? You just knew. You know what? I just let the devil use me to say something into their life. And so I don't care if you have to call them on the phone or, or go back and say, you know what? That thing I told you, that was wrong. I mean, I've done that with times where I've said something or, a, and, and people didn't even really know what I said. And they said, no, I didn't think of that at all. I said, okay, good. But at least I got it right in my own heart. <clears throat> and he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 
and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Hallelujah. But I want you to realize today, and this is, actually this is the way I was going to start the message today, was <clears throat> realize that you're part of something big here. You're part of something huge here. Now, it may not look like it. there's not 3,000 people in this building, but here's what I'm saying. People come to church and they, they, they look at church as I can take it or leave it. I don't need it. You know, yeah, maybe I'll pop in. And, and people don't see the importance of church because they see it, like one person said, as just a nonprofit charity. It's just a good self-help thing. And, you know, I don't need that crutch of religion. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm not part of the Lions Club today. I'm not part of the Kiwanis Club. I mean, this is not the Eagles Club. We're talking about the church of the living God. Paul says that. He says, he, he addresses them and calls them the church of God. Now, he, he's not talking about the denomination, the church of God, you know. <laughs> Some of you got that. You know, God, in, in the scripture, he talks about the assembly of God. Well, that's what the church is, an assembly. It's a gathering. See, that's why when, when people argue with you and say, well, you know, I can be just as good as a believer as you and be at home. Well, that's if you're, if you're a shut-in. How many know what shut-ins are? You know, a lot of times in, in denominational churches, you have the shut-ins you go visit. That's the people shut-in at home. They can't make it out. They're sick or whatever. Well, if you're shut-in, then, then, yeah, you can, you can be a good Christian that week. But and the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some. So we know that the manner of some people, and, and if, if there's another pandemic coming down and, and church closed, what are people going to do? They're going to zoom up. They're going to zoom up. <laughs> But, but we will forever be open. Why? Because this is the place that people gather. This is a place that we fellowship. We can't fellowship at home. <laughs> but he says, so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we know what is the day approaching. The day approaching is the day of Jesus Christ and him coming back. Amen. So that's why the church is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. And each individual is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, just because you have a setback doesn't mean it's final. Who's ever, I've had setbacks, but that doesn't mean that it's final. Amen. You just get up. You don't quit. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning... Just before we go, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're in this place, we were talking about today about the church being edified. And so to be edified, to be built up, starts with the decision of making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe you came into this place and you've said, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. But today I want to make that decision. I want to follow him the rest of my life. I want to make him the Lord of my life. Then friend, if that's you, I want to ask you this question. Where would you 
if you died right now, where would you spend eternity? There is a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. But 2,000 years ago, on the cross of Calvary, Jesus paid the price that you could go, not, not have to go to a devil's hell, but to heaven to be in the presence of the Lord. Or secondly, you may say, you know, once upon a time I walked with the Lord, but I walked away from Him. I went into my own way and I walked into sin, but I don't even know how I got away from the Lord. But I found myself in this place that I don't like and I don't want to be in. But today I want to come back. And if that's you, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. And thirdly, maybe you just want to have that assurance that I know that I'm saved. On any three of those opportunities that we presented, if that's you, just raise your hand and say, pray for me. I want to know the Lord. I want to be saved. I want to come back to Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Well, it looks like everyone is ready to go. I'm not talking about from the service today, but. You know, we're supposed to live ready all the time. Living ready means living with an expectation. You know, if you knew that that Jesus was coming this afternoon, how would we act? If we knew that he was about to walk through the door, what would our heart be like? That's, that's the kind of expectation we have to have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Will everyone stand this morning? Just grab your neighbor's hand. Amen. Let's pray. The Bible says, pray one for another that you may be healed. You know, there's, there's, sometimes you just need a point of contact with people as well. Amen. Don't be afraid of the person next to you. Amen. They're not going to bite. But just pray one for another. Father, we just thank you right now. Lord, for, for our neighbors. We thank you, Lord, for these around us. We thank you so much for Lord, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I just thank you right now that, Lord, that your hand is upon them. I thank you right now for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I just thank you right now for the the fire of God upon them. Lord, I just thank you right now for ministering to them right now if they need healing in their body. Just thank you, Lord, for touching them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, yes, we speak blessing and increase in favor. 
Lord, everything that needs to happen even this week. Lord, even in the the financial realm. Lord, even if there's things in court, even if there's things in, 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 um, Lord, their bodies that needs to be fixed. Lord, I thank you even now that, that it's done. It's done in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, it shall be thus and so. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, even for the rest of December, that it shall be a great, the greatest December, Lord, we've ever had. Hallelujah. We believe it, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now just lift your hands and thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Keep believing. Keep expecting. Can you say amen?